here we are. Here we are, back at it again. We've made a we've made a beautiful a fort, and I love it. I can't like I want everybody to see it. We should take pictures of it. Maybe. Okay. Well, hey everybody, I'm Latara. Hey, I'm Laura, and this is Passions Podcast. This episode was crazy. It was very insane. Very insane is a good way to describe it. I mean. This show is just pure insanity. You know, they have just, like, taken magical realism to a whole new level. Like, this, they're rewriting the rules of what storytelling is. It's amazing. It is (laughs) incredible, and I am obsessed. I love this show. It's such a mess. It's such a mess. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. What episode are we talking about today? We're talking about episodes 46 and 47. All right. So let's get started with 46. Okay. So 46 started at the book cafe. And I don't know who cares about this, but I noticed that Questo Equella was playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Duke's arias from Rigoletto. Well, well, I mean, it is pizza night, Laura. Yeah. Like, what's pizza night without a little opera? Some Italian opera. So I, like, just didn't take notes at the beginning because I was just listening to the song in the background. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. So it opens with Teresa and Whitney at the book cafe. Remember, it's pizza night at the book cafe. Mm. And... Frank has just left. Teresa had pizza dough fall on her head, and Frank looked at her and was like, hoo, 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 because he didn't know who she was. Such a jackass. Hoo, 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 hope you like pizza. And then he just dipped out. And so now Whitney and Teresa are having a little conversation, and Teresa is not worried in any way, is unbothered. Mm. Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald is basically unbothered by all things. <laughs> She's, she can't ruffle those feathers. I aspire to be that unbothered. Yeah. Truly. What would it be like? What would that be like? Because just she, move through the world and not like she, be worried. She just doesn't care. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she's delusional. Yeah. So anyway, why am I saying why are we saying all this? Well, she and Whitney are having this conversation, and Whitney is freaking out. Like, you almost got caught by Frank Lomax. He almost saw you. How could you be so happy? Why he's she's like, he didn't see me, and he's not going to see me. And what are the chances that Ethan's ever going to see me? And this is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> everything's better than fine. Everything's wonderful. Whitney, how don't you? How do you not understand that everything's so wonderful right now? And I also saw that you love Frank Lomax. Ooh. Like she just is a lunatic. Yeah. I like I can't. <laughs> I can't. So they're inside having this conversation. Outside, Frank Lomax has left the the pizza cafe, the book cafe, pizza cafe. I don't know what are we calling it these days. But he runs into who? Well, he runs into Ethan and Gwen. Because apparently Ethan and Gwen are also going to stop at the book cafe for pizza night before going to see Gone with the Wind at the movie theater. Even though they are fucking billionaires, surely there's a personal chef at the Crane Mansion, who can make them pizza? They want to slum it with the regular. Who folks. could make them some pizza? Are you care? Are you serious? You kidding me? Could have gotten some gourmet pizza. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's even though they're in that big old house. Like we've been in quarantine for almost four months, and it's like sometimes you just gotta fucking leave. You know? Yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, they could have pizza at home and then gone to the, the movie, the movie theater. theater. Yeah, they they're going to a movie. Who doesn't want to go out, grab a slice, go to the movie? I don't know. I get it. Mm. Just because they're rich doesn't mean that they're gonna like. If I was rich and I had a chef at home who was going to make me amazing pizza, you think I'm going to go to a book cafe and eat pizza? Like, at the very least, I want some good pizza. They want to support a local business. What's wrong with that? I think it's I think it's it's preposterous. I do think think it's it's preposterous, but whatever. I don't care. I think it's absurd. (laughs) I think you're bothered by it more than I am. I'm not really bothered. (laughs) It's such a dumb way to get them to the book cafe. Like, these billionaires want regular pizza. Yeah. 
doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't really, but they end up there and they run into Frank. And Ethan introduces Gwen to Frank and then is like, oh, what's going on? You have any new leads? Kind of jokingly. And Frank's like, well, I'm convinced that Teresa and Whitney are hiding something. And Ethan is just like, okay. Like, I fired you. I don't want you looking into this anymore. And Frank's like, well, I never quit a case. And I won't send you a bill till I find who's behind this. And it's like, well, you can't send him a bill because he fired you from the case. So you can do what you want on your own time, but this isn't going anywhere. You know? Like, what is he doing? Yeah. He's just a pedophile and this is his excuse. Yeah, he starts talking about how he just had a good conversation with Whitney alone and how he thinks he can get her to turn on her friend and turn in the stalker and that she's a good person and this and that. And Ethan goes, I, I don't want you to break up these teen girls' friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Ethan, you're, Ethan is correct Yeah, in, in this situation. Like, Frank's a f- creep. And, like, move on. Move on. Move on. Moveon.org. So this conversation with Ethan has made him want to go back into the pizza cafe to talk to the girl. I guess. Or talk to Whitney again. I guess. And again, it's just an excuse for him to be a pedo. Yeah, so he goes back. He's headed back into the pizza cafe or book cafe. I can't. Whatever. To the place where they're having pizza. And Whitney and Teresa are have left by the time he goes in. Right. Well, Teresa told Whitney that Gone with the Wind was playing and kind of convinced her to go see it, right? Mm-hmm. So... Teresa and Whitney are inside the book cafe and Ethan, Gwen, and Frank are all outside of the book cafe and they're having like these two conversations kind of at the same time. Mm. And the Whitney and Teresa conversation eventually leads to Teresa saying, oh, the let's go see Gone with the Wind. It's my favorite movie. I love it so much. And Whitney is still like, girl, can we at least go out the back? Like, I'm so <laughs> worried like that we're going to get caught. So they go out the back. So Gone with the Wind is playing at the movieplex for whatever reason. Yeah. In in this town in 1999. Yeah, I mean, place like a lot of small theaters do like, not I wouldn't say revivals, but they show like classic films. Yeah. Especially things where they're going to bring in like tickets. Like Gone with the Wind will bring people in, especially in 1999. Will it? It, I, it would. Look, I uh, I have seen Gone with the Wind several times, and every every time I see it, I like it less. Like mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, I was like, this is great, and then like the second time I saw it, I was like, this is got some problems and then the third time i saw i was like this has some big problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like every time i watch it i'm like this is not a movie we should be watching anymore yeah i mean i saw it a couple times when i was a kid and i was just too little to like sit through an 18 hour long it's so long you know it's it's one of those movies back when we were watching things on vcrs that had like three videotapes like flip them upside down and i was like this is too much so it was too it had an intermission like it was crazy yeah like a full-blown like 30 minute intermission it was too long so i just couldn't really get into it and i haven't gone back and watched it as an adult, but I will say, I don't know if it still is, but when I was younger, it was like my mother's like favorite movie. It was a big deal movie when it came out. And like, I think that like people of a certain generation, like really have an affinity for that movie. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're going to see Gone with the Wind. Anyway. And Teresa's like, oh, I'm so much like Scarlet. We're the same person. (laughs) And that's not a good thing. You don't want to be like Scarlet. Scarlet. That woman has a personality disorder. Scarlet is fucking terrible. Scarlet's awful. awful. She's a bad person. Yeah, she's definitely not a good person. Like, objectively. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to get into it. But it's important that they're going to see Gone with the Wind because Gwen also wants to see Gone with the Wind. It is also her favorite movie. Mm -hmm. She also loves Gone with the Wind. I I just wish this the movie that they went to see was like Casablanca. Like, I feel like it needed to be something, like, old and romantic. I get that. I just wish it had been something else. Yeah. No, (laughs) and I understand that. 
I mean, Gone with the Wind is problematic enough that they're finally removing it from streaming. And Casablanca's not great, but well, there's, you're going to run into issues in any yeah, in, in any old movies. But anyway, where are we in this story? Nowhere. We've gone like <laughs> two minutes into the story. So basically, the important thing to know is that Ethan and Gwen are headed to the movie theater. Whitney and Teresa are also headed to the movie theater. They're going to see the same movie. Yeah. They're going to see the same movie. They're going to see the same movie. Should we just go to the movie theater? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Whitney and Teresa get there first because they took that little back exit out of the book cafe. Mm-hmm. And they're handing out hats with the ticket purchase. Yeah. Gone with the wind hats, except it just says like GWTW. It's just a black hat that says GWTW. It looks like Got Milk, only <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay. But it's just it's just a sloppy, silly way yeah. to get, so we can have like a mistaken identity moment. Yeah. Because everybody's wearing these stupid hats. Oh, it's so silly. But Teresa like kind of gets half ass as a disguise. She at least tucks her hair under the hat. Yeah. In case Lomax is tailing them, I guess. Yeah, well, she should be wearing she her She should dis- be wearing disguise her disguise. Everywhere. Yeah. Right, because she was, like, telling Whitney, what are the chances that we'll see Ethan at the movie theater? It's probably, like, a one in one trillion chance. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sure it is. Anyway, so they get to the movie theater. Whitney decides to go to the bathroom. Teresa goes in to get a seat. Mm -hmm. Then Gwen and Ethan show up, and they go to get popcorn. Mm -hmm. Then Whitney comes out from the bathroom, sees Gwen and Ethan, is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, and starts to panic. Mm -hmm. She just starts to think about all of her fucking life choices. Like, (laughs) how did I end up here doing this? She's like, I got to warn Teresa. Ethan is in line to get popcorn, and then Gwen goes into the theater and finds a seat, and she's a couple rows ahead of Teresa. Um, So the two women don't see each other in the theater. It's quite dark. Right. And, um... Ethan's getting popcorn and Whitney's just kind of hiding and watching this whole thing unfold. Like, how do I stop this from happening? Yeah. Well, it gets worse. <laughs> it sure does. Because Teresa's sitting in the theater and she's got on her sweater and she's trying to take it off. And Ethan comes in and he's looking for Gwen and he's like, it's pretty dark in here. I can't see Gwen. And Teresa, like, lifts her arm to take off her sweater for whatever reason. She's, like, trying to get it off of her arm. She's having a hard time getting it off. And so she, like, raises her arm as if she's waving it. I guess, And yeah. then... Ethan's like, oh, there she is. And he goes and sits down right next to Teresa. And neither of them acknowledge each other. They don't say anything. They don't look at the other person. He slumps down in the chair. And she's perched up, like, in the front of hers, like, staring at the screen. Which the movie is not playing on. Right. Because they have said it multiple times that, oh, I don't want to miss the beginning of the movie. Right. The movie hasn't started yet. So, I I mean, I guess she's looking, they're looking at previews or something. I don't know. But she's looking up at the screen, but she's having, like, a whole thing in her mind. Well, let's talk about this fantasy. Yeah, Teresa's having this whole fantasy in her mind where she is Scarlett O'Hara. Teresa O'Hara. Teresa O'Hara. And I was unclear if Ethan was meant to be Rhett Butler. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like most... Give him the mustache and everything. Most people, when they talk about Gone with the Wind, talk about Scarlett and Ashley being meant for each other, and it oh. just didn't work out. But Teresa's like, Scarlett and Rhett should have been together, yeah. and I rewrite the ending in my head, blah, blah. So they gave him that, they gave Ethan the ridiculous mustache, and so he resembled Rhett more. But it was just weird to me. I don't know. Everything's weird to me. Yeah, it no, it's show. definitely supposed to be <laughs> Rhett Butler. But I love you, Rhett. Yeah, so she's having this fantasy, and he they basically kind of act out that last scene of Gone with the Wind, where Rhett walks away from her, mm. but then... Instead of being gone, he comes back and is like, I love you, darling. He's doing a bad southern accent and everything. Please, it was great. It was his finest work. It probably, actually, probably kind of was, (laughs) to be honest. In this fantasy, Ethan proposes to her, which is crazy because Scarlett and Rhett are married at the end of that movie. But whatever. So he's like, I could never leave you. 
Then he gets down on one knee and says, Teresa, will you marry me? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Raven. Yes. Yes, of oh. course. Of course I will. She spent a lot of time just going, oh, 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 oh. All of the time. <laughs> all of the time. Some of it wasn't even like vocalized. It was just, just air, just puffs of air, just sighing. Yeah. And then... Gwen walks into Teresa's fantasy. Oh, yeah, we're having another cuckold moment. Gwen the cuck. The cuck. <laughs> this time she speaks up for something. Yeah, she's like, this is happening over my dead body. Yeah. And she's just in plain clothes. She's just in 1999 sweater. Like, she's <laughs> just in her cardigan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're in, like, full-on, like, costume, hoop skirt, and yeah. a big hat. It's she's big. literally just wearing what she's wearing at the movie theater. Yeah, that little blue, like, cardigan. And <laughs> Teresa's like, what are you doing here? This is my fantasy. I love that she broke out of the <laughs> accent, too. She's like, oh, yes, of course I will marry you. What the fuck are you doing here? This is my fantasy, not yours. And then she goes back to talking like this. It, yeah, she's so like, silly. tell you love me, Rhett. <laughs> oh, it's oh, oh, this fantasy. So then we snap out of that. Let's get back to the real, what's actually happening. What's actually happening. What's actually happening, which is Ethan is now sitting next to Teresa. Gwen sitting all alone. <laughs> Gwen the cuck. Gwen sitting all alone. <laughs> Ethan is now sitting right next to Teresa. Neither of them have acknowledged each other. Mm. And then Whitney comes in and sees that Ethan has sat down next to Teresa. And Whitney says, Oh no, she thinks he's me. What a stretch. What a what reach. a fucking stretch. I mean, it, it's true. It, that is what's happening. But for the writers, what a fucking reach. Mm-hmm. Such a reach that even though we watched it happen, they had to have another character explain it to us again. Yeah. I, like, I had it figured out. It just was stupid. Yeah. It was just so dumb. Have you ever walked into a movie theater and sat down next to, like, a, a stranger right next to them when there's, like, other seats around. Can you imagine being in a movie theater and a stranger sits down next to you? Right. And there's lots of seats around. Like, like yeah, available and they just like, sit right next to me. It's just, like, Ugh. okay, I'm gonna get up and move. Mm-hmm. But I guess she thought it was Whitney. I, yeah, I guess. That was dumb. It so, was. then... Ethan at one point grabs Teresa's hand. Yeah. And is like, what does he say? He kisses it. He like grabs her hand. It was like, oh, I just love this music or I just love the score or something like that. I don't remember exactly. And like grabs her hand and kisses it. And at that moment, Teresa realizes that I'm sitting next to Ethan Ethan Green and this man is holding my hand. She couldn't be happier. Yeah. She's going to have to leap over the seats and get out of here. How is she going to escape? Yeah. Well, how how many times have we said that? I how know. is she gonna get out of here? How is she, how is she gonna get out of this escape? one? How did I, what did I just say? I said how how is she gonna escape? How you gonna? I don't es- talk like how that. How you gonna escape this? I just keep adding like a k- sound. <laughs> I was doing this yesterday when I was talking too. What's happening to me? So that's what's going on at the movie theater. Teresa's in a, yet another pickle <laughs> that she of really kind of of her own making. Mm. Honestly, all of her pickles are of her own making. She's always in trouble. Yeah. This case of mistaken identity, though. I yeah, mean, this was more the writer's fault. This is, a, this is yeah. This is a more more of a show flaw than anything else. Yeah, this is ridiculous. But I can't wait to see where it goes. I can't wait either. All right. So let's keep on keeping on and move to... I think let's go to the Bennett home. Okay. Let's go to the Bennett home and see what these people are up to. All these witches. And they don't know they have powers, but they do. Yeah. But they do. Just a bunch of witches and kids. Yep. Over <laughs> Teenagers. So Miguel is on the... Um, whatever the 1999 version of Zoom is, talking yeah, to Charity. webcam chat. On the webcam, yeah. talking to Charity. And Grace is, like, kind of, because of her anxiety, is starting to, like, rearrange things in the house and try and prepare for her sister Faith and her niece Charity to come and move in with them in the morning. And Sam is like, you know what? You've rearranged this desk, like, 14 times. 
I know you're excited. Let's go outside, take a breath, get some fresh air, and look at the beautiful stars. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's, take a, let's take a moment to savor this rather than try and kind of push away the feelings, mm. you know? Yeah. So they go outside. They make out in the yard a little bit. They make out under the stars. I liked it. Yeah, it was I cute. was into it. Sam and Grace. It was sweet. D- didn't mind it at all. And uh, they talk a little bit about, like, twin telepathy, ESP kind of stuff. And Grace tells him about the angel's warnings. And Sam is like, look, your eyes are playing tricks on you. That little girl statue in the church is not a real angel. It did not come to life. Maybe, like, it's just the big emotions. And it's, like, a way for you to verbalize your fears. Yeah, he was saying, basically saying it was, like, a subconscious manifestation. Yeah. Like, Dr. Freud over here. Like, he was, he was putting all kinds of shit together. Yeah. Sam. Yeah, so they're just outside yeah, talking about... Yeah, outside talking about this. And Grace says, yeah. you know, I am so happy and grateful about all of this. And I'm going to go to the church and pray a prayer of thanks. So she's going to go to the church. But she says, also, she's going to go check on Tabitha. She says, I'm yeah. going to go to the church. And I'm going to check on Tabitha on my way over. Finally, somebody's going to go check on Tabitha. Remember, she was wailing and screaming, gnashing of teeth. The gnashing of teeth. And also, she had, like, four fake heart attacks in front of them earlier that same yes. day. Yes. So it makes sense that she's going to go check in on the neighbor. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the kids really quick yeah, before, before going to tap them? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? Well, Miguel's talking to Charity on the webcam. And then Kay comes in and sits down next to Miguel and talks to Charity. Very sad. She's solemn. She's very upset. Yeah. They tried They tried to make me feel better. I didn't. And I didn't. They even had, like, sad music going. They tried their damnedest. And mm-hmm. I still was like, mm, she deserves it. She deserves to be. She deserves to be sad. <laughs> she does. Uh, I just... Nah. So she sits down, talks to Charity. Like Charity's like, I'm so excited to be friends with you. And we can go to the mall together. We're going to do all these fun girl things. <gasps> and Kay's like, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. She is not excited at all. She is bothered. She is. She sure is bothered. And she basically finds a way to get off that chat as fast as she can. She just kind of sits there... For two seconds, it's like, uh-huh, okay, bye. Yeah. Hangs up with Charity. And then Miguel comes over and gives her a big hug. It's like, thank you so much for helping. Without you, none of this would have, like, happened. Like, you're, thank you so much. What? Yeah, which, where is that coming from? What? Where is that coming from? Without her, what? none of this would have happened. Where is that yeah. coming from? Where is this gratitude coming from? I don't, I don't get know. it. Like, I understand the purpose of, like, kind of guilt-tripping Kay. Yeah. But, like, in the storyline, what did she do to help? Yeah, from Miguel, especially from Miguel's point of view. Like, she hasn't done anything. Yeah. I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, I guess she kind of found Charity at the bus station, didn't she? No. Didn't she Didn't she and Simone? Jessica did. She sent, she found Charity at the bus station and sent her to the ball field. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And but then, didn't she try to pass it off? Oh, no. Mm-mm. That was Jessica, wasn't it? Yeah. So what is he thanking her for? I don't know. I could not tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Whatever. So, so he, Miguel, basically says goodbye to everyone because he's going to head home because it's getting late. And then Kay tries to pull him aside to talk. Because remember, her big plan is to, like, unveil her true feelings and say how much she loves him and hopefully use the last few hours of the night to, like, win him over, even though he's head over heels for charity. Yeah. And Simone and, and Jessica are watching kind of from the side and Jessica says to Simone what is she doing and Simone goes she's about to embarrass herself mm-hmm. <laughs> she's about to embarrass herself completely but we just have to watch mm-hmm. so what does she say to Miguel because I actually d- didn't write this down I didn't get it anything specific but essentially she's like why don't we go on a walk because I want to talk to you about a couple things 
And right. um, Miguel's like, you know what? It's getting late. I have a, I've had a crazy day. I actually just want to go home. Like, yeah. thanks for looking out for me, you know, and I really appreciate you trying to take care of my, like, my feelings and help me talk through some stuff. Because, of course, he thinks it's about him. Yeah. Because it should be about him, you know? Yeah. And so he basically turns her down. So she's lost her last shot. She threw away her shot. She threw she, away her shot. So Kay is throwing away her shot. shot. Oh, this Kay isn't working. Is nope, this isn't working. Shot. This isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't work. Nope. <laughs> so you win some, you lose some. We lost that one. We threw away our shot. Okay, let's keep going. Let's just quickly finish up with them. So Simone and Jessica are on the side, and they kind of see what's happening. Oh, yeah, I forgot this happened. And Jessica says something mean to Kay. Uh, basically being like, just Im- like imagine how bad you feel now. Imagine if Miguel actually knew that you didn't help. Imagine if he knew that you tried to keep them apart and yeah. you tried to keep the secret. And Kay started crying and like went inside. And Simone kind of told Jessica, like kind of checked her. I was like, she's really upset. Kay is devastated. And you need to be more careful and sensitive about the words that you say when you speak to your sister. Yeah. And, and Jessica felt really bad. Yeah, she, she didn't did. want to make her cry. She's like surprised to see her cry. Yeah. And then was like, I didn't want to make her cry. Like, she's my sister. I know she's hurt. I didn't, I, I don't want her to be hurt. I was that hurt anyway. I didn't realize yeah. it bothered her that much. And so she's sad about it. But, like, those are crocodile tears. Like, I'm not, I, I was not moved in any way. Mm-mm. I, mm-hmm. And Jessica was right. What Jessica said was correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You feel bad now. Imagine how you would feel if everybody found out that you were keeping your own mother from her sister and Charity from Miguel. Mm-hmm. All so you could be with Miguel, who doesn't want to be with you. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just showing us that like Jessica is not terrible, and Kay is. Yeah, Kay is awful. Precisely. I don't know. Maybe this is going to serve to repair the relationship between the sisters. I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. But maybe. Mm. So, let's let's talk about these people. Yeah, so then Grace heads over to Tabitha's house to check on her. Right. Um, and she walks, she knocks on the door, no one answers, and she just walks in? Yeah, well, Tammy heard her at the door. He starts to freak out. He's like, what's, because what? he doesn't, Timmy's so confused. Timmy has no clue what's going on. He's just walking around the house, just like trying to figure out his life. And honestly, frankly, I can relate, because I don't know what's going on. Timmy seems... To be confused about the fact that Tabitha has turned into a dog. He's very confused. Because remember, dear listeners, at the end of the last episode, Tabitha turned into a German Shepherd. And those bracelets had expanded and turned into, like, collars. Around her neck. But they were still, like, bangles. Yeah. Around the dog's neck. The sounds of Tabitha. So weird. So weird. This episode was weird. It was just bizarre. (laughs) This episode was weird. Thoroughly odd. So, yeah, Grace goes over to check on Tabitha. And Tabitha's not there. She's run away. Our dog has... It's gotten out. The dog escaped into the night. Who let the dog out? Who? 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 So, Tabitha is not there. Nope. But Grace smells a smell. I smell the smell. She smells a smell. (laughs) A smelly smell. And it smells smelly. It's a smelly, smelly, smelly smell. She's like, what's that smell? And then she says, it must be her cesspool. Surely. Surely. She's like, there must be a leak in the cesspool. Surely they meant septic tank. Surely they meant septic tank. Her cesspool? Cesspool. She's got a cesspool in the basement? Is that like so, Deadpool's nemesis? I, cesspool? I, I have the cesspool. So she says, Who I'm has a go. cesspool? Who keeps, who keeps a cesspool? I mean, we have a cesspool as a president. That's, <laughs> with, that's America has a cesspool. <laughs> America has a cesspool we're keeping. No. I, yeah, so she, she goes and says, I'll check her basement. 
And so she's headed to go down into the basement. Where we know the gateway to hell exists. Where the darkness <laughs> demons are. And right at that moment, Sam comes in. He feels, comes bounding in. Yeah. He's like, what's that smell? She's like, I don't know. I think it's her cesspool. She says it again. Yeah, they wrote it twice. <laughs> I think it's her cesspool. What? They, they had to have mean septic tank. Or like septic system. Yeah. Or something. But, yeah, I think, I think so. So, why don't they go check on the smell? I'm not really sure. I guess this Tabitha's not home. I don't, I don't, they never, I don't know. They just kind of, what's that smell? I don't know. They turn around, it must be the cesspool, then they turn around and leave. And then on her way out, Grace is like, oh, Tabitha must be out enjoying an evening stroll, and that's it. Yeah, like, if you're going to go check on a person because you're worried about them, and if you're going to walk into their home anyway, mm-hmm. then wouldn't you just check, wouldn't you check the whole place for bodies? Like, especially, I would. Especially given the series of fainting spells and the smell that occurred yeah and the smell and the smell yeah for sure i don't know that was very odd so i guess now well where'd sam go because we know grace goes to the church to pray but where did sam just go home that's my assumption they don't tell us that's my assumption but maybe he went to check out the basement oh i guess we'll find out in episode 47 yeah hopefully mm. so grace goes to the church mm-hmm. she decides to go to the church to pray a prayer of gratitude but father lonigan's not at the church father lonigan's at lighthouse park father lonigan has gone for a, a walk in the park in the middle of the night and he is a little uh, unsettled to say the least He's sure like, there's souls in danger tonight I... the tears on the statue were a sign yeah he is yes Father Lonigan is very concerned to the point that a, a passerby stops him and is like, you look worried. What can I do? And he's like, pray. <laughs> so she walks. She's like, okay. And she walks <laughs> off. <laughs> and he sits down and he starts praying. And he says, there are souls in jeopardy tonight. Guard them with your mighty strength. Build a wall so high around them that the darkness cannot reach them. And then Father Lonigan senses someone. He says, who is it? Who's there? I can sense your presence. Who was there, Latara? You know who we are, priest. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just act it out. Do find it longer. <laughs> okay. You want to stop me from saving souls, but you will never succeed. We will destroy you. Those souls belong to the shadows. Be gone, demon. <laughs> he holds up a crucifix. Be gone. And he banishes so, the demon away. Yeah, so, the, and we didn't see anything but a shadow. And I think it was just a shadow. I don't think there was anything there. I think it was literally, literally meant to believe that a shadow was talking to Father Lonigan. I don't oh. think there was anything there. Oh, I wasn't sure. Okay. Because we saw a shadow of somebody, like, holding, like, a knife. Yeah. And it was, a, ugh, it was bad. Okay, so I thought there was, like, a corporal body mm-hmm. there casting the shadow. It did not occur to me that the effects budget is so small that they, they just created a shadow puppet as a villain in this moment <laughs> yeah. yeah okay i'm pretty I, like All I right. feel, that's what i think that's well, how it read to me i'm glad you explained it because, because there's nobody there i just assumed that, yeah like i said that there was and we just they hadn't revealed who that person was yet yeah it was just a shadow yeah it was just a shadow a threatening shadow it's the shadows that move by themselves and can get you uh-huh Night. sure yes yeah okay i mean you know how scared i was of like peter pan's like shadow, oh, the shadow yeah I mean, it's creepy. Because his shadow does his own thing. Ooh, it's weird. I don't know. Shadows are weird. Like, when you think about them, like, as their own entity, they're weird. I know they're not their own entity. (laughs) I know they're not their own entity. But if you think of them like that, it's scary. Yeah, but that's not what they are. I'm, not, no, I'm looking at my I shadow. I'm, like, I'm, I'm giving my shadow the side. You eye. are. She's she's over here looking at her shadow like, what the fuck are you looking at? As if the shadow is the shadow is just. <laughs> The absence of light as it forms, like, you know what I, I mean? Like, behind work. it. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm glad you explained it to me. <laughs> it's the, because, sh- I mean, he's talking about the shadows. And so the shadows are going to kill Father Lonigan, but then he takes on his cross and he, he does, he, he vanquishes it. He banishes that shit. Yeah. He smote it. 
He, darkness be gone. It was amazing. And then the shadows back off. Yeah. Okay, you got us. You got us, champ. <laughs> <laughs> you you foiled again. Foiled again. Foiled again. Oh, so he God. heads back to the church. Yeah, Father Longan's like, enough of this. I'm going back to the church now. Is it St. Mary Margaret's? Yeah. 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 St. Mary Margaret's church. Yeah. Where Grace is. There she is. Grace is at St. Mary Margaret's. She has lit a candle. She's kneeling down. And she's praying when Father Lonigan returns. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, you know, I had a premonition about something terrible happening. We didn't get to see the premonition. Why didn't we see it? She just, everything we see is like, oh, I have a yeah. feeling. I have a chill. And oh, maybe she thinks the angel is a premonition. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because they do show us. Don't they show us that flashback at some point of her talking to that angel? They show, yeah, they show her talking to the angel. About. Ah, yeah. so she tells him about that. And he's like, you know, that statue was crying real tears earlier. And I fear that innocent souls are in jeopardy tonight. Father Lonigan, what an interesting character. You're right. You said at the beginning that he, like, is nothing and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he serves no real purpose in the story other than to, like, be the messenger yeah. for characters. Kind yeah. of. I don't know. Or, like, kind of like the gateway between. He's almost like the one character that, in this moment, he's like the one character that can validate what Grace has been saying, mm-hmm. and, which is that, like, there's crazy shit going on, mm-hmm. and nobody believes me. Like, this angel came to life, and he can validate that for her, right? Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, that, I mean, it was weird. I didn't see it, but the angel had tears on its mm-hmm. face, you know? And, yeah. And he didn't tell her this, but I did vanquish some shadows earlier yeah, he tonight. He didn't tell her. Why wouldn't he tell her that? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's also, like, necessary, because we do have such an active character in Tabitha, and, like, this kind of conduit between, like, the other side. Yeah. That we need the, a foil to that, which right. in this case is Father Lonigan. Yeah. Oh, man. What a mess. Do they talk about anything else That's that it. That's, that's, all, what that's all we get that's to with those two. So, so let's go to Castleton. Yeah, let's talk about Tabitha and Castleton. So over in Castleton, remember, Charity was on the phone call with Miguel and mm-hmm. talking to them on the webcam. She hangs up. And she talks to her mom. She and her mom have a little conversation. Charity is very excited. She's over the moon, elated. And Faith still seems worried, right? Like, she's not as excited as Charity is. And Charity senses that. She's like, aren't you happy? Aren't you excited? And then Faith is worried. Then she also, like, apologizes because Charity says, aren't you glad we found your sister? And Faith is like, yeah, I'm so glad we found her. I'm just sorry that you had to sacrifice so much in order for me to have this. And Charity's like, oh, I didn't sacrifice that much, but bitch, you always bringing this up. Mm. She's always talking about how she hasn't been able to have a normal childhood and this and that. So let the, let your mom apologize to you, mm. right? So then Faith is like, no, well, you didn't get to have regular friends your age and didn't go to get to go to school and we moved around and blah, blah, blah. So she kind of apologizes to her about that, even though it was for her own safety. Right, right? yeah. And she's excited, even though she's doesn't necessarily seem super excited, but she is thrilled to be surrounded by loving friends and family. So something terrible is obviously going to happen to Faith. Yeah, because I I told you, in the last, like, three or four episodes, and then this episode, they were doing it so heavy. Mm -hmm. Nothing can go wrong now. I'm so excited. I can't wait for tomorrow. We're going to have a great life together now for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. We're going to, nothing can ever go wrong for it ever again. Yeah. So they did it, like, 17 times in this episode. And Faith has done that thing where you, like, make your apologies. Right. Where you finally come to a place of finalization in a in a 
a conflict, mm-hmm. and she is 100% going to die. Yeah, they've had this resolution. Charity is, oh, I love you, Mom. Everything's okay. They give each other a hug. Oh, I love you, too. You're the best daughter I could ever ask for. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they've done, they've, they've, they've done a really nice job of kind of closing this chapter before they obviously do something terrible. Terrible to Faith. She, yeah. Faith is, and I know it's got to be Faith, because I remember Charity, I remember Grace, and I'm telling you, I don't remember, I did not remember Faith. Mm. Like, I don't remember, I remember this twin situation, but I don't remember her in later seasons. Mm-hmm. Never, I, I think, I'm pretty sure they kill her. Yeah, I think it's about to happen. I because, think they're going to kill her off. Because Faith is looking through these boxes that they packed up, and she's getting concerned. She's like, I can't find an angel. And Charity's like, you have a million angels everywhere. What do you mean you can't find an angel? Don't worry about it. And Faith is like, no, I just want to find one, at least one before I go to bed, you know. But you should go to sleep because it's getting late, Charity. We're, we're going to have a big day tomorrow. And she says, may the angels in heaven watch over you tonight and protect you from harm always. Charity goes to bed. Faith is digging through boxes, can't find an angel, sits down on the couch, and promptly falls asleep. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This is, this, here's one of my problems with this. Faith had a shit ton of angels. If I had, like, a collection of something and I was packing up my house, I feel like I would put most of those things in one or two boxes and Mm -hmm. mark them angels. Yeah. Right? Like, here are my angel statues. Here are my crosses. Like, yeah. why can't she find an angel? How did she pack these boxes? Like, when I move, I know exactly where my plates and bowls are because it's in my box. You know what I mean? Yeah, it says plates. Yeah. Or it says kitchen, right? Dishes. Yeah. For me, I usually say dishes, and then it'll be like kitchen shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. But at least you know where to find. Uh, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why she doesn't. I mean, they have a ton of angels. They have a lot. You would think they all went in one box. Nope. She put one. In, maybe she put one in every box. Well, maybe. but then she would still be able to find one if one was in every single box. Yeah. Just open the box and it. dig down and grab it. She couldn't find any though. She couldn't find it. And find unfortunately, an that's gonna be her downfall for sure. Unless like, well. I was going to say, maybe, like, evil got them while the boxes were outside in the car and they were inside. I don't know. But that couldn't have happened. No. Because presumably angel, evil can't touch the angels. I don't know. I'm filling in blanks that I don't need to. Yeah, I don't know. So. <sighs> so Tabitha the dog is en route to Castleton because <laughs> because they have this camera angle that's, like, low to the ground and kind of shaky. And it's, like, going through trees. and she has, She's warging. She's warging. Yes, exactly. And then it looks up and says, welcome to Castleton. It looks up, well, you know, sees one of the signs and then, and like, yeah. heads back off. So, like, we get the point of view of Dog Tabitha, basically. Yeah. And Dog Tabitha's running to Faith's house. That's right. And she gets there and she's up on the porch and she it starts barking. Faith has fallen asleep. She's, ruff, 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 ruff. And then she jumps through the living room window which is closed just breaks right through it that's right right through the glass right through the glass glass everywhere dog through the window and that's the end of the episode that's it that's it and i literally was like this is crazy but i guess that's how that's how they kill faith i think faith is about to be mauled oh no i know is tabitha gonna maul her to death i guess what else is she gonna do she's a dog (laughs) that's awful And, like, Charity's just in bed having a little dream about Miguel. Oh, yeah. She, oh, this is so sad, it's, honestly, because I she know. just had, like, the best night of her life. Like, she's so excited. And she's so excited to be with Miguel. And everything's going to be better tomorrow. And when she wakes up, her mom's going to be dead. And she's probably going to find her. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. She's going to find her mom's bloodied body. Cross my heart. Hope to die. I will, I will never let die. you cry. Word. Yes, it is. I wrote it down. I thought it was, I will never tell you lies. It says, I will never let you cry. I feel like it could probably do both. Probably both, yeah. yeah. Oh, but that's the one I have. I will never 
tell you the lies. I will never let you cry. That's what I wrote down. Hope to die. Well, well, well. <laughs> your, your hopes and dreams are coming true. Uh, That's so sad. I shouldn't yeah, say that. It's pretty fucked up. Oh. All right. So we're gonna watch another episode now. Enjoy the break. <laughs> All right. We're back. We're back. Look. Okay. So Laura and I have erected this structure. Structure in our living room and. It is putting us to sleep. <laughs> I am so sleepy. Like we're surrounded by these oh. curtains. We've got like it's got a roof on it. I'm sitting on the couch <laughs> with a blanket. I mean, I just feel like I'm in a beautiful princess canopy bed. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> oh no. So ridiculous. Okay. That's we have me to do uppers to get through this podcast. Oh. What? Oh, uppers. Uh-oh. Oh. Are you operating? Or? No, I'm joking. I don't have any uppers. Uh, yeah. I've never taken any uppers. <laughs> suspiciously quiet over here okay so let's All right. let's get into episode 47 we must there's a lot there was a lot and it was very good yeah i liked this episode yeah it was action-packed uh, yeah um so let's start let's start at the movie theater yeah where Teresa is holding hands with ethan <laughs> okay let's talk about this so the thing with ethan I can't tell if it was written this way, directed this way, or if the actor made the choice. But I can understand if you're at the movie theater and you kind of like put your arm around your who you think is your girlfriend and you just kind of go to sleep because he doesn't want to watch the movie. Mm. And so he doesn't realize that he's like, she's kind of snuggled up to him and it's not Gwen. I can, it's thin, but I can see it. You know what I mean? Okay. But, but he's like not asleep. He's sitting there alert at a movie theater with, with his, his eyes closed. closed. Yeah. That's what I was looking at. I was like, is, are his eyes closed? Because he's talking to her. Right. And I'm like, what? Okay. But at least you did make the point about like he doesn't really want to watch the movie. Because I didn't make that connection. Because I was like, why is he closing, coming into the movie and immediately closing his eyes? Yeah. I mean, I can see if... I think he doesn't want to watch the movie, but like... Then cut the lines or just turn them into kind of grunts of agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be like having a full on conversation. Well, Teresa's holding this man's hand and she is having her insane gone with the wind (laughs) fantasy. She, oh God. Her magnum opus of a fantasy. It's incredible. So in this fantasy, she's Scarlet, Ethan is Rhett, and Gwen is Gwen. (laughs) And Whitney is Whitney. (laughs) Yeah. And when we get into this, this fantasy this time, Ethan saying, please, please, darling, tell me you'll marry me and you can live in my big house on the hill and we could have a wonderful life together. And And Gwen walks in. Gwen the cuck. Yeah. You can't marry this little nobody. Yeah. And then Teresa's like, you again? This is my (laughs) fantasy. Get out. Intruder alert. And then Gwen calls her a gold digger and she says, you're just a housekeeper's daughter and Ethan's never going to marry you or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Get a grip, girl. Yeah. And... Then I'm and I'm shortening this because this it was go very it. long. Go it was very it. long. They go back and forth a lot. Yeah. Then Teresa has a fantasy within her fantasy where she she's like scrubbing floors because Gwen says the only way you're gonna be get to be in that big house is if you're scrubbing the floors. Like if this really was oh yeah, because Gwen is Gwen, but Teresa is Scarlett O'Hara. It is all very confusing. Yeah. So Gwen's like, if this really was 1866, you'd be scrubbing floors. And so then Teresa as Scarlet has a fantasy of herself scrubbing the floors in this mansion. And then she goes, wait a minute, this is my fantasy. I don't, what is happening? And then she goes back into her original fantasy. Of being Scarlet. 
and then gets mad at Gwen, picks up the punch bowl, and throws punch all over Gwen, which turns into a food fight. Yeah, they have a food fight. A full-on food fight between these two women. And Teresa is in a hoop skirt, and <laughs> Gwen is wearing a cardigan. It makes no sense. It's so bizarre. What? It is so bizarre. And then Whitney breaks into the fantasy. Whitney as she is. Yeah. So she's just, like, in her outfit. Whitney's like... That she wore to the movie theater. And she's like, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Teresa's like, let, let me be. I'm having a fantasy. It is insane. It is so weird. Yeah, no, Whitney comes in to the fantasy, but in real life, she comes up behind Teresa and, like, leans over her shoulder on the opposite side of where Ethan is, and it whispers to her, like, let go of his hand and get out of here as fast as you can. Let's go. Like, she's like, "Get, let's get out of here. Yeah. I'll meet you out in the lobby. Meet me at the concession stand. Meet me outside. <laughs> meet me outside. Meet me outside. Meet me, meet me outside. It's another Hamilton reference. Hamilton. It was so good. Anyway, going on. So Gwen, at this point, has gotten very frustrated because she's like, where the fuck is Ethan? Real Gwen, not fantasy Gwen. She's like, this is ridiculous. So she also goes out to the concession stand to look for Ethan. Right. Well, she goes out into the lobby lobby area, and the only person there is Whitney. Who's waiting on Teresa. (sighs) So she goes... So she goes up to Whitney to try and get some details and be like, I'm looking for my boyfriend. Have you seen him? He's tall, about six feet tall. He's got a blue shirt, blue jeans. And Whitney's like, ah, because she's a terrible liar. So she doesn't really say anything. She's like, um, what color did you say his hair was? And she's like, look, I'm just going to say it's Ethan Crane. I'm sure you know who he is. And Whitney's like, um, um, um. And Gwen is like, what's wrong with this girl? She's like, Ethan Crane, like, are you a local girl? Are you, do you know who he is? I'm sure you know who he is. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've seen you guys in the newspaper before. And it just kind of goes like this for a while until Gwen is like, this is not worth my time. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is helping like, in well, no way. Thanks for nothing. But I'm going to go fi- <laughs> go back into the theater now. I'll, he, he must still be he must be in there somewhere. And then when he goes and she does a smart thing, she goes, wait, you can just page him on the PA. You just page him. And Gwen's like, oh, that's fine. But I don't you know, I don't want to interrupt people's movie going experience. I don't want to make a scene. And then Whitney runs over to the PA and goes and says into it, Ethan Crane, can you please come to the lobby? Ethan Crane, come to the lobby. And then Ethan starts to come out and Whitney makes her escape. Like she sneaks out. She did a good that she did a good job with this. Whitney's a real one. Whitney, Whitney's a rock star because I would have just left. If what? I came up to you and you were in this situation and I was like, look, we gotta go. Let go of that man's hand, Latara. It's time to leave. And you were just like no, I'd be like, all right, good luck. I w- exactly. Good I luck would to have you. left. I would have left you there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would have deserved it. I would have gone home mm-hmm. or went to practice tennis, <laughs> where Whitney needs to be. Right. She's gonna get. To I guess it Olympics. is nighttime. But yeah, so she comes back into the movie theater now that Ethan is out in the lobby talking to Gwen, and Ethan's like, "Gwen, what are you doing out here? I was just holding your hand." He was like, "How'd you get here?" And Gwen's like, "I walked." <laughs> like, what do you mean, how'd I get here? Yeah. And so they're having, like, their very confused conversation. They yeah. don't understand what's going on. Whitney goes back into the theater, sits down next to Teresa, and is like, we gotta go. Let's go. And Teresa is just like, oh, my God, Whitney, just, he was kissing my hand. She's, and she's moving too slowly for me. I oh. need her to, I need some urgency. Yeah. There's no urgency about her. No, she, she was going to just sit there. She absolutely was going to just she sit there. She was just going to sit there and, and not worry about anything. And then they go out. And I assumed, this is what I assumed happened. I thought, you know in the movie theater, there's always exits down front that take you like outside of the movie theater? Mm-hmm. I thought they were going out of that exit, but they ended up back in the lobby. How did they miss Ethan and Gwen? I, oh yeah, because it's just that, maybe, well, because in theaters, there are two sets of doors 
for the theater too. One that will lead you down the aisle on the right, well, sometimes, and one that will lead you down the aisle on the left. Not always. It depends on the theater. When what's her name came out, you could see the doors. It's just one set of doors. Hmm. Maybe they hid for the set. Maybe they hid all the way in the corner in the they darkness. They didn't expect us. To, maybe they. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know how they got out of that one. Yeah, because Gwen and Ethan come back in because he, because Ethan's like, I was holding your hand. I was kissing your hand. And Gwen's like, uh, that wasn't me. Whose hand were you kissing? She's obviously a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, it's true. Like, who would let a stranger just kiss their hand, you know? So she's on the warpath. we got to figure out what the hell is going on here. They go back in. But, yeah, Whitney and Teresa, they've, it's like they've just magically transported themselves. Yeah. Without crossing paths. Yeah. How did that happen? So maybe they did hide or something. I don't know. We are constantly having to explain how these things occur. Constantly confusing, confounding the British Frenchman. No, that's not The it. British henchman. I said Frenchman. <laughs> I was close, though. Everybody give it up for America's favorite fighting Frenchman, Lafayette. We're constantly confused, like the, like the British henchman. Constantly. So anyway, yeah, Gwen and Ethan are in the theater, confused, but they take a seat, I guess, to watch the movie, and then Teresa and Whitney are in the lobby, and Teresa tells Whitney, I'm just going to go tell him everything. Yeah. I don't think she means she's going to tell him now. Oh. Yeah, I think she says, I'm going to come clean. Oh. Basically, I'm, I, I've decided that I'm going to tell him okay. and just be done with this. And I am... Yeah, it has to happen. I, yeah, but I don't think she means now. I could be wrong. That's not how I read it. I thought gotcha. she was like going to go to him and like reveal herself. I see. I reveal thought, yourself. I thought that she meant right now in this very Yeah. Moment. I mean, she might. I don't mm. know. She mm. might. Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. Oh, how do you solve a problem like Teresa? <laughs> I love, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm, a flippity gibbet. A will of the wisp. A clown. A clown. <laughs> okay, moving on. So that's everything at the movie theater. Yes? Yeah, that's it. So let's go to the church. I think so, yeah. Okay, let's go over to the church. So remember, Grace has gone to the church to pray a prayer of thanks. And she meets up with Father Lonigan there. The and- most helpful character in all of television. So, <laughs> help, it's so crazy how he can be so helpful and zero help at all. Really he's a conundrum. All one. at once. Yeah. All at once, simultaneously, helping me and not helping me at all. Yeah. It's like, he's useless and useful. He enables the, us to believe the situation and kind of like gives, like backs up what the characters are saying, but he doesn't deliver any important information to them. I can't. Yeah, he like, he like withholds things that he should probably share. Yeah. Anyway. He's also nowhere and everywhere at the same time. He gets around. Father Lonigan. He gets around. <sighs> so what are they talking about at the church? Well, Father Lonigan tells Grace a story about how he lost his eyesight saving that angel statue. Yeah. The one that she keeps seeing come to life. From a fire. Yes, he rescued it from a fire. And that, that statue is important because she gives people hope. And he, Father Lonigan, believes that that angel statue answers prayers. And so this kind of prompts Grace to say, well, I've seen this thing come to life. It's been like a premonition of me meeting my sister. The statue has told me, has come to life and told me that something terrible was going to happen. And I've been feeling really worried because Charity and my sister Faith are supposed to come to Harmony tomorrow, but it doesn't feel right. I have this terrible fear that they're not going to get here. Right. And then she goes, you don't believe me, do you? And he's like, I definitely believe you. I believe every word of what you say. She said, well, Eve and TC and my husband all think that it's just something going on in my head but I like I know what I saw and he says to her they deal in facts basically and you deal in fa- we we deal in faith yeah <laughs> oh okay no. all right no facts are facts facts the are truth facts, exists people. no I mean but this in this show it is a fact she did it see is. in an this angel show and it is a fact it is that's a fact. true 
is just is just funny to hear. Mm. It's just funny to hear the, that whole, that line in our current situation of people not believing facts yeah. and are like, God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of the coronavirus. God's going to take care of this. Yeah. I got faith. I got faith. Like, which is great. It's wonderful that you have faith. But like, wear your mask, please. Yeah. Please wear your mask. Wear your mask. It saves a life. Masking. Hashtag masking for a friend. Masking for a friend. No, it always makes me think of that story that I heard growing up, which I think most people have heard that there was a big flood and a man escaped to the roof of his house and a person comes by on like a canoe rescuing people and says, I'm here to save, to save you. And the man says, no, thanks. God is going to save me. And then somebody else comes by on like a little rowboat and is like, look, I'm here. I'm rescuing people. I'm here to save you. And the man's like, no, 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 no. God is going to save me. I don't need your help. And then like somebody comes by in a fucking helicopter and the water is rising and rising. And they're like, I'm here to save you. Get it, get in. We got to get out before the water like comes up over your head. And the man goes, no, no, God is going to save me. It's like, God fucking tried to save you three times three and you turned times. it down. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you are welcome to have all the faith that you want, but you also have to take action. Put on a fucking mask. Faith without works is? I don't know. Oh. What is it? It's a scripture that people say. Faith oh, I without, don't know. Faith without works is dead. Faith That's without works is dirt. Yeah. But basically, like, faith without doing something is useless. Yeah. So, well, we've gotten off topic, but that's all right. <laughs> so, they're having this conversation about faith and... <laughs> about faith. My faith. <laughs> about faith, the thing, and faith, the person. Right. And Father Lonigan says, prayer is our only hope. Which, of course, just makes me think of Star Wars. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope, right? So they get down to pray. And right in the middle, Grace has, like, one of those feelings. And she's like, faith is in danger. I have to go help. And she bolts. She runs out of that church and heads back to her house. Yeah. And Father Lonigan stays in the church to pray. Yeah. And he says, I have a sense of fear now. Hurry, Grace. Call your sister. Tell her to be on her guard. Warn her. Faith doesn't need any warning. Faith's the one person in this show who's, like, on top of it. She's she's always on her guard. I know what's going on. You bitches don't know what's going on. She's been trying to convince her daughter for, I don't know, 16 years of what's going on. Yeah, everybody. She's trying trying to convince everybody. Mm -hmm. So let's go to where Grace goes. She goes to her home. Mm -hmm. And she tries to call Faith. But Faith doesn't answer. Why doesn't Faith answer? Well, Lazara, that's a long story. Well, let's tell it. Let's tell it. Let's tell it. Over in Castleton, you might remember that... Faith has fallen asleep on her couch after looking for her angels that she couldn't find. And uh, Tabitha has turned into a dog and leapt through the glass of her living room window. Mm-hmm. And is now attacking Grace. She's just like, but she's just up on the couch barking at her. Yeah. I thought, she doesn't like maul her. Yeah, I was, I was definitely expen- expecting like a gnashing of teeth situation. Yeah. But she's just kind of barking at her. And then Faith wakes up, jumps off the couch, obviously, and starts like, yelling at the dog and grabs a chair to like yeah, shoo it away and kind of protect herself. And she's like, you won't get my daughter. I won't let you hurt my daughter. And she goes and stands in front of Charity's bedroom door mm-hmm. and is yelling at this dog. I won't let you get my daughter. And then she recognizes the dog's eyes she's, as Tabitha's yes, eyes. She, does. she says, I know those eyes. Those are the eyes of evil. And so then we see a flashback of Tabitha's face coming through the computer screen right right? that green face coming through the computer screen and faith's like it's you it's you you're the evil that's been after me and my daughter and then tabitha turns back into tabitha yeah and charges at faith and they have a full-blown wwe smack down a brawl they have a smackdown yes they do it was crazy it was amazing these two women just literally throwing each other across yeah. the room it was great and it didn't look like too many like stunt doubles no it, it was looked those like two these women it, it looked like these actors really like doing some combat and we're doing some fucking combat yeah, yeah doing it was some great. stage combat it was good it was 
fantastic. They were throwing each other all over the fucking place. Yeah, and hitting each other. And, and then finally, Faith gets Tabitha up against the wall and she's like, you're scared. I see fear in your eyes. You are, you're scared. I know what fear looks like. And she's like, you should be afraid because once my daughter gets her powers, she's going to kill, not kill, she's going to like ruin all of the darkness and get rid of all the darkness in the world. And like, Faith's yeah. having her moment. She says when she recognizes her powers, she will destroy all forces of darkness and she will crush you. Yeah. It was amazing. Faith's having her moment, but Tabitha's not going to take this shit. Uh-uh. Tabitha's not going to take a sheet. What is that sound? Yeah, that okay. Sound that happened. So, so Tabitha earlier had had in the middle of this fight was said that you forced me to seek outside help, and now there's nothing that can stop me. And so, in this moment when Faith kind of has her up against the wall, we hear almost like that sound. It sounded like that demon shadow voice mm. from episode forty six mm-hmm. that Father Lonigan was talking to, and it just sounded like a laugh, like a ha ha, like a moa ha ha kind of yeah. laugh thing, and then. The tides turn. Yeah, T- Tabitha then gets the upper hand, knocks Faith down. And... I think it was that outside help that she had been referencing. Mm. I think maybe there was another shadow, but we just couldn't see it okay. because it's a fucking shadow, you know? But okay. I think something else became involved. Yeah. Here's another question. Tabitha has powers. Why yes. are they having hand-to-hand? Yes. Why are they having, like, a hand-to-hand fight? I don't know. I wrote down that. Like, I... why are they going, like, toe-to-toe, like, bare-knuckle boxing? I, I don't, I she don't has know. Fi- she has powers. Like, why wouldn't she just zap her? I said, Tabitha and Faith get into a fight? What about magic? Why are they wrestling? What is happening? I loved yeah. it, though. And then Faith starts kicking Tabitha's ass. It's great. Yeah. But why, why isn't she using magic? I don't know. I don't know. Well, so then they fight back and forth for a while. Then Tabitha finally turns back into the dog mm-hmm. and, like, starts to maul yeah. Faith. And when she jumps up to, like, attack as a dog, attack Faith, she knocks Faith down. But also, a lit candle falls into one of Faith's boxes and starts a fire. Mm-hmm. And then Tabitha has, seems to have knocked out Faith. Faith's, like, knocked out. She's been concussed a few times. Yeah. We constantly see this woman passing out, hitting her head, falling yeah. down. Yeah, so she's passed out next to a box that's on fire. Mm. And then Tabitha just, like, runs outside and to watch to watch the house burn, I guess. Yeah, she transforms back into her, her human form. Yeah. And kind of does, like, the victory arms up in the air and jumps yeah. around and is all gleeful. She's like, I did it. Right. My mission here is complete. Meanwhile, Charity is sleeping through all of this. The house is fully on fire. And Faith is struggling struggling with smoke inhalation. She's mm-hmm. coughing. She can't really get up. She's trying to call out for Charity, but she's choking on the smoke. It's really actually devastating to watch. Mm. And Charity's just inside her room, in bed, smoke creeping under the door. And she's having a dream about Miguel. And Miguel's having the same dream about her. Yeah. Yeah, I was very confused. And I'm glad that you, because I was like, Who's, whose dream is this? And it's like both of their dreams. Yeah. But his, because he was telling her all kinds of things that she doesn't know. So I was like, is Charity having a dream about Miguel telling her things? Like, what is this? But it's Miguel having a dream about telling her things and Charity having a dream about telling him things. Exactly. And, uh, they're having a sweet, it's sweet. In the dream, Miguel takes Charity to Lighthouse Park and they look through those little binocular things and he points out an island and tells a story about how when he was a little boy, his dad used to take him out to the island and would talk about one day building a, a his dream home, basically. And Miguel's like, one day I'm going to fulfill that dream for him. I'm going to buy some land. I'm going to build a home on this island. Um, and I know that I can do anything with you by my side. I know that together we can make this dream happen. Yeah. And it was really sweet. It was really sweet. What was Charity's side of that conversation? I don't know. She was talking about, like, 
I'm glad we can be together kind of stuff. I didn't I didn't write anything okay. down. Okay. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It I was It doesn't matter because no. Faith is during this dream Faith is being knocked out by a dog and she's lying next to a box that's on fire in this house. Yeah. So, I'm really more concerned about that. Yeah, same. <laughs> I do wonder I'm like is this going to be it for Faith? Is it curtains for Faith? Is Charity going to escape, but her mother's not going to? I mean... Charity definitely doesn't die. I know that much. Yeah. Charity definitely does not die. But Faith, probably curtains for Faith. Yeah. God, what a way to go. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So, the last thing I want to talk about is Timmy. I I wrote a little bit about Timmy, too. Timmy's at Tabitha's house <laughs> by himself, hanging out, very concerned, worried about Tabitha, like, oh, he's so worried. And then he finally is like, you know what? Tabitha's a big girl. She can handle herself. Timmy, just make yourself a Mar Timmy and settle in with a good book. And what's that book? The Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> and he's sitting there with his book. He's got his little Sherlock costume on. A pipe to smoke. A Mar Timmy in one hand. So that's, how, that's where we're going to leave this today. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's where we're going to leave this. This show, we had a WWE Smackdown fight. <laughs> a Gone with the Wind fantasy. And now we've got, like mini Sherlock Holmes yeah okay all right all right that's it that I mean cool that's, that's literally it that was the whole episode that seemed really fast oh thank god yeah all right <laughs> so let's finish this how, how shan't we uh, we shall so friends we love that you're listening thank you thank you thank you for listening tell a friend to listen yeah oh yeah tell a friend to listen also y'all I'm on TikTok now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god let's are the content I'm like uh, I'm like obsessed with TikTok even though I'm too old for it but there's like millennials on tiktok so we're like taking over we're not <laughs> i know and the kids hate it the kids is hilarious like their content's so funny though yeah like seriously the kids the gen z tiktoks some of them are so funny especially the ones where they make fun of millennials i crack up i think it's so funny <laughs> one of the things is like why are millennials so obsessed with harry potter <laughs> Millenni- millennials be like my hogwarts house is gryffindor millennials be like and I was, I, it just cracks me up millennials be like I'm a 90s kid. You're not a kid, bro. You're 30. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Like, uh, um, Why can't the boomers like take a joke like we can? I don't know. Because I think that's <laughs> I think Gen Z's criticisms of know. us are hilarious. I think some people like take themselves too seriously and can't laugh at themselves. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like there's nothing wrong with like a little self-deprecation. It's hilarious though. it's true. Because millennials are so obsessed with Harry Potter. We are. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm 32 and I shouldn't be. It's so funny. It's a funny. children's story. <laughs> oh, these Gen Z, they, they've been zinging us. They've been zinging us. But we zing Genera- them too. Generation zing. Generation zing. <laughs> we zing them too, though. But I'm on TikTok, y'all, at Latara Lee. <laughs> All right, so follow Latara Lee on TikTok. Please, I only have 10 followers. It's very sad. And then follow us on our social media, Passions Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can send us an email, passionspodcast at gmail.com. And leave us a review please. on Apple Podcast. Five-star review. Five stars, please. And with that, we're going to just finish this up because I feel, I'm, and I really want to apologize because I feel like this episode is probably going to be so boring. Like, I feel like we My have very low energy. The energy was a little low, but whatever. Who cares? It won't be boring. Don't apologize. So well. It'll be cares. great. Okay. All right. Here we go. You are my passion for life.